Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and World Series champion, Houston Astros simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber, the game hotline, 337-706-0111, We'll be speaking with UL men's basketball coach Bob Marlin about 9.35. Other than that, we will have open phone lines if you want to discuss last night's game, how it potentially impacts um, the whole Casper to quitter sweepstakes and all of that. Tom Brady and his the perception of him. We'll discuss that. It's just it. it just. Again, that there are people. Well, before I get to that, I tried to warn somebody. I'm not going to say what his name is, but I tried to warn somebody. You know, I I, I have a a statement I've made for years. I don't dance at Yankee wakes wakes. I only dance at the funerals. Like there's a certain person yesterday that called the show and he was dancing. It wasn't even at the wake yet. Like I'm like, it's a little too soon to be celebrating when they ain't even kicked the ball off yet. Now I get prematurely celebrating if the team you're rooting for is up 17 nothing or 27 to nothing but to to prematurely be celebrating before the kick is kickoff is made is is is, is foolish I mean it this is this ain't college football I mean this ain't John Curtis versus Mamu I mean, just about anything can happen in most NFL matchups. So, um, I don't know. I didn't. Um, I, I was. I was fearful as he was speaking yesterday that he was. Um, it was not going well. But, but here we go. Here we go. It's it's what I did not want to hear this morning. So, Brady looked terrible last night. The Yucks looked terrible. Well, during the game last night, and look, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think some announcers are better than others, but I don't, some people just hate it now. Like, people hate Chris Collinsworth. I I've never even thought about hating him. Now, that doesn't mean I agree with everything he says. But this idea that people just hate Chris Collinsworth, I just don't get it. I don't I don't hate him. Now, you know, if you are a I mean, the Tennessee Florida thing wasn't even a big deal when Chris Collinsworth played. But I mean, if you like who hates who hates the Bengals? Who hated Florida in the 80s? I guess if you're a Florida State fan maybe. I mean, Florida, Miami wasn't even big when Chris Collinsworth played. So I mean, I I don't I don't get the whole like hating certain announcers like a Chris Collinsworth. But anyway, so I don't hate Joe Buck. 
But Joe Buck says yes last night during the game. Man, it's been a long time since we've seen Brady look like this. Have you ever seen a Saints-Bucks game in the last three years? Like, he's, he looks like that all the time. Even when he won the Super Bowl, he would be like, if anyone's near him, that cat's just throwing it up for grabs. He's just throwing the ball away. He, he don't care where the ball lands. He's been, we've been talking about that since his first year in Tampa. That, no, it hasn't been that long. No, it hadn't. Hadn't been that long, like many times. So this morning, so that's a little frustrating to hear. And again, I some people say you hate Tom Brady. I don't really hate Tom Brady. I hate whatever the analysis about his career and 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 just uh, how blind everyone is. And just the, the narrative of his career, I just think, is way off base. And so this morning, after hearing Joe Buck's stupid comment last night and just blind, typical blind narrative from Joe Buck last night, I like Marcus Spears, so I hear Marcus Spears, and he says, Well, he's been doing this all year. It wasn't just last night. He's been doing it for three years, Marcus. So I agree with Mark. And then he says it was actually the perfect storm when he came in and won because they had a really good offensive line, which probably wasn't quite as good as Marcus was giving it credit for, although they played very well that first year. He had a great defense, and he had all these weapons around him. Well, where was that narrative three years ago when I told everyone that before he ever went to Tampa? I mean, like, what? Like, I agree with Marcus Spears, what he said, but where was that narrative three years ago when I had to hear all these ridiculous talk about how he's just some superhuman athlete and the greatest player ever and all this bogus stuff? Well, I mean, there is no greatest player ever. You know, you know my opinion on that if you've listened to very, for very long. But this idea that they had to make him bigger than he, than he already is, he's obviously had a great career and he's a great quarterback. But they to act like he came and saved the poor little – the Buccaneers had a, an elite defense. They carried him through most of that season. They carried him in the playoffs. Cat through – we're talking about Lawrence – The cat threw three interceptions and one half of football in a championship game and won. And yet he was the hero and he's carrying the Buccaneers defense. Just silliness. Silliness. But, um, so, you know, it's what, it's, it's what people say. Normally, in post-game press conferences, he says exactly what he's supposed to say. I mean, he was fine. The little bit that I saw from last, I I really don't dislike him personally. It's just, why can't the analyst and the fans just look at him objectively instead of so biasly and so so cluelessly, in my opinion? Um, I, I would be shocked if he retires because, like, why go through all this? Like, why? And we don't have any idea what, you know, 
we're all speculating between him and his wife and why they divorce and all. I mean, again, we we can we can draw conclusions based on the little bit of information we have, but we don't know what's going on behind the scenes between a man and his wife. I mean, it, it's almost silly to to speculate on that. Um, but why my my question is why go through all of that? Why jeopardize this season potentially? Why go through this rough year and go through all the, you know, the training camp and the retirement and then come back if you're just going to retire now? I, you know, Ryan Clark tweeted out last night, why, why would, essentially what he said was, why would anyone want Tom Brady on their team last year? Now, he sounds like one who hasn't watched a whole lot of Tom Brady. Now, he threw a lot of bad passes last night. But that's because he threw largely because he threw 66 passes. But all those awful passes, we've I've seen it in every Saints game he's played against the Saints in the last three years. That's not a new thing. He's done that a lot. If somebody's close to him, that cat is throwing the ball in the ground. He's throwing it up for grabs. That, that what you saw last night, if you don't see a lot of yuck games, that's him. That's why I. That's why. When I keep hearing how he's like, you know, carrying the Buccaneers, and I'm like, what are y'all talking about? But, um, I, I would obviously it's possible he could retire, but I, I just don't see it now. As far as who's gonna want him, I mean, I don't know. You know, I. I think the Jets might have more of a chance than we, than most people. I keep thinking, I wonder if the Jets would make sense. Now, why would he want to go freeze to death and up there? I don't know. But 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 people keep talking about the cheaters. Why would the cheaters mess with that? They like mobile quarterbacks. I, I don't. I I I don't. I don't think there's any way. I, I would be shocked if Shanahan wants to fool with Tom Brady. I, I just, that doesn't make any sense to me. People keep bringing that up. I mean, I know he's from there. That's probably the biggest thing I hate about him is he's a stupid 49er lover. But um, but I know he's from there and he grew up and all that. But I, I just, I don't know why people get, that would shock. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you? You already gave up all this draft capital for this young quarterback, and you're probably not even going to play him, and then you got this other young quarterback. Why would you mess with? I mean, no. I I would put, I mean, the the cheaters should be like 30, well, not 32, I guess, you know, Mahomes and Allen and the, the teams that have really elite established quarterbacks, you wouldn't. He wouldn't go there. But other than those teams, of all the teams that don't have quote-unquote elite quarterbacks, the cheaters, in my mind, should be last on the list. Why would you mess with that? I think the Jets kind of make sense to me if he's willing to go there. Jets have a good young defense. I don't know if he would go there. I don't know if he wants to do the whole Patriots thing. Uh, I've been saying the Raiders, um, the Raiders make sense to me. That's where he wanted to go, supposedly, originally. Um, I know with the 
Dolphins said about Tua, but I, I think I think that GM Greer, I, I, I think he spoke out of out of line. I, I, I don't, I don't think he understands concussions, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe he's right. But um, I, I would be surprised if he left. Now, did you see the uh, like? I don't know. Look, none of us. We're all speculating. So when you're in the land of speculation, like you can only make what I call the Framos face at someone for, uh, you know, it, it has to be a really outlandish statement, like dancing at someone's funeral before the wake even takes place, that kind of craziness. But um, the odds, uh, I saw a story yesterday, the odds of where Lamar Jackson would go. And the number one favorite on these was the Patriots. What am I missing? The Patriots? All right, let's go to the uh, game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. Hey, I missed your show yesterday. So, uh, yeah, we didn't look good at all, Kevin. Sunday on defense. Well, the defense, uh, the defense, had... yeah, did not play well at all. Oh no. God, I mean, oh uh, yeah, we'd have had to eat way too many lucky charms, and there, there's no way. I mean, you know, not with the 31st ranked defense all season. So, but uh, the question yeah. is, how did co- you win 13 games? Told me, uh, a coach told me a long time ago. He said. Offense wins regular season games, and defense wins championships. So, I mean, just all, just putrid defense. Oh, God. Anyway, what she was about to say? No, I said the amazing thing is that y'all were able to win 13 games with a defense that's that that <laughs> problematic. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, got a lot of work to do. That, that GM's got his work cut out. Got a lot of high-priced veterans. They got to cut a lot of fat. Offensive line is not. Oh, we've been having trouble with the offensive line for oh a good five, six years. I mean, it's been the so, play that yeah. I didn't get was you had it third and one. It's early in the game, and you throw a throwback to the quarterback. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> you've got Dalvin Cook. You've got. You know, the, yeah. he's good bootleg th- play action guy. You've got arguably the best wide receiver in football, and you're throwing a throwback on third and one. I couldn't yeah, believe that. Yeah, and you're driving, and you're, I, you're I could not believe the ball that on call. offense. Yeah, I couldn't oh, believe that. Oh, well, he, he's done that a couple of times all year. That's his first time calling plays, but that's inexcusable. You, you, oh, come on. But, yeah, oh, that was a killer. Yeah, but – I don't know. Need a lot of pieces on defense and a, and a, and, and some improvement all on offensive line. But I, I didn't watch the game last night. I know Dallas won, so yeah. It was not pretty to watch. Uh, that it didn't. I mean, I after Sunday I had enough. No, I, I no, I get it. I mean, <laughs> uh, look, when the Saints it's, when the Saints get beat, I I didn't watch another game. I, I couldn't watch. I, I, I yeah. Watch. Too hard. Yeah. Too frustrating. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to baseball season then. I mean, because I, I used to like basketball, but when the, I know, and I wanted to bring this up too. Uh, I'm not going to take too long. 
I was a big Supersonics fan, and I know you don't like the Supersonics, but yeah, man, I go way back to Sigma, Jack Sigma, Gus Wayne. Oh, you that. like Jack and Sigma? They move. Oh, I used to try to emulate his his turnaround jumper, Kevin. Oh, he was what a, good a beautiful player. name, but well, a beautiful basketball name, Jack Sigma, and, and that turnaround jumper he had, Kevin. Wasn't that a beautiful thing? There are two things in sports, well, there's probably more than two, but two of the things in sports that amazed me that didn't happen was that Bobby Valentine was never the coach of the Dodgers because I always thought that guy was going to end up being the coach of the Dodgers. And Jack Sigma should have played for the for the Celtics because he's ugly and he need, he would have been he'd have fit in perfect with the Celtics. So oh, he'd have fit in perfect with the Celtics. Oh, he yeah. would have been yeah. perfect with the Celtics. Him and Bill Walton. I, I think he finished his career in Milwaukee with the yeah, Bucks. Yeah, yeah, with the Bucks, yeah. And I always yeah. kind of liked the Bucks, so I didn't like that. But he should have went to the Celtics. I could have <laughs> hate him even more. I hear you. All right, Kevin. Thank you for the call. Talk to you later. Take care. Yes, sir. No, look, I'm not saying they weren't good. I mean, Bill Walton was great before he, you know, was so injured he couldn't do anything. But I didn't like it. I hated those trailblazer teams, those supersonic teams. Now, I like downtown Freddie Brown and Slick Watts. But John Johnson. John Johnson and Sigma. Oh, hated those guys. But no, they were good. No question. I love when the when the Bullets beat them and Mitch Kupchak was jumping up and down till we are the champions. Beat the little Sonics. Jack Sigma. No, he they um I I that that's amazing. The man like the Sonics. No, I hated those teams. Hated the Trailblazers. Hated the Sonics. I didn't. I never really hated Golden State, but uh, I did not like those two teams for sure. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, talk more about what's going on in the NFL. A lot of fascinating storylines. We'll be back on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Oh, pleasure cruise. Pleasure cruise. Now, a sports career where things seemingly came easy as the player was surrounded by the best players, the best coaches, and caught all the breaks. Also known as Tom Brady's career. Now, back to the man with his very own language, Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. LSU Tigers men's basketball team will try to get back on track, try to get a little reason to smile again. Haven't had much reason since that nice win over Arkansas to open up SEC play, and they will host the Auburn Tigers. Yet another brutal uh, competition, you know, brutal schedule, brutal stretch in the schedule, playing really good team after really good team. Uh, Pre-game begins at 5.30. Tip is set for 6 o'clock tonight, and you can hear all the action right here. Um. No, I'm sorry, not tonight, Wednesday. I knew when I said that that was wrong. 6 o'clock tomorrow night, and you can hear all the action right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. 
This old school cowboy fan here. How you doing? Well, if you're an I'm old doing. school cowboy fan, tell me this. Who's your favorite old school cowboy? Uh, I like the Dwayne Thomas. I like the Tony Dorsett, Bob Hayes, Bob Lilly, Leroy Jordan, Jeffrey Pugh. I like Drew Pearson. Starback. Drew Pearson was my favorite old school cowboy guy. Yeah, but uh, I had called to, uh, because I think that was Ronnie called in yesterday and uh, said that this was our last supper last night. Well, that that was that was Paul. That was not Ronnie. And I, I tried to tell Paul, you don't dance mm-hmm. at someone's funeral before the wake even takes place. You, I was premature mm-hmm. on his part, don't you think? Oh, yeah. But uh, just let him know. I wanted to let him know that uh, we're going back to dinner again, and we're not full. Look, mm-hmm. I, you like the matchup? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I like the matchup. I like the matchup. I think, I think it's going to be a close game. And I think that if Zach played like he played last night, I think we got a good chance. But he has to he has to come out the pocket like he did last night and run the ball. He has to help us get first downs. He can't stand in the pocket and go through all his progressions if his primary receiver is not open. You, he has to run. And if he does that, we'll be fine. I think I think the, if there's a crack in the cheaters, I think the one crack is, I think their secondary's not as good as it seems like it is. If you can avoid, the, you know, they 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 know how to get pressure on the quarterback. But if you can get past the pressure and really challenge their their cornerbacks, I think you can I think you can do some stuff on him. It's just hard mm-hmm. to run the ball on them, and it's hard to keep them off you. But they got a good defense, though. That's yeah. the best defense I've seen all year long. They got a good defense. You know, but we're going to have to play. That's all it is to it. We're going to have to play. I like our chances, but, hey, it is what it is. I think both for both teams, I think it's it's more so time for Dallas than than Frisco. It's time, you know, because it's been a long time. And, and Well, they do. I just – I don't know. I, I – yeah. I um, there's no question they're due. I, I just think the cheaters might be playing the best football of anybody right now. But oh yeah, oh, just, you, oh, yeah. You, I agree with you. You got to force turnovers. Got to force turnovers to win this. You know, oh yeah, but Purdy, you know he he gonna have to be pretty good come Sunday. And they'll try to take as much pressure off of him as possible. I'm sure it'll it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be an interesting mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Well, enjoy enjoy look enjoy the victory. Enjoy it. All right, all right. Thank you. All right. Take mm-hmm. care. No, um, I I wasn't saying any names, but uh, so I had to correct him. It wasn't Ronnie. It was it was our friend Paul. That uh, a little, little little premature. Tried to warn him. It's a little premature to start celebrating. They ain't even kicked off yet. But uh, getting back to what we were discussing before the last time out, and I don't. I don't know what's going to happen now. Well, first of all, before I get to that, last night, another dagger in that the hopes that, I, you know, they've been they've been telling me for 10 years that Casper the Quitter is going to go be the coach of the Cowboys. They've been telling me that for 10 years. I've been having it. I'm like, oh, not that again. Please stop talking about that. Please. It's like, why do y'all keep? Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Oh, yeah, it's going to happen. It's not looking good. 
Not looking good for that narrative. Casper the Quitter going to Dallas. I don't think that's going to happen. I wonder, though, if there's more of a chance of him going to Texas. Wouldn't that be the ultimate irony? If Casper the Quitter went to Texas and it wasn't the Cowboys, after a decade, oh, he's going to Cowboys, going to Cowboys. Oh, I'm telling you, he's going to All right, here we go again. Casper's going to the Cowboys. I know, he's going to the Cowboys. No, not happening. Um, but how ironic would that be if he went to the state of Texas and it wasn't the Cowboys? Now, he interviewed with the Texans. It's so hard to know which one of the statements that are made because um, apparently he's been going on Colin Cowherd, and, and, and Colin asked him if he, would enter, if he would entertain the Texans' offer, and he was, like, emphatic. So, oh, absolutely, Casper said. Absolutely he would entertain their offer. So does that mean he's trying to – because he was so emphatic about it, does that mean – it means that it's not even close to the truth. Like, I, how do you interpret that? You know, and I think I'm starting to think that you really look. I've said it for years. If a coach or a GM is speaking, assume that what they're saying is not that is not truthful. That they're lying. I mean, just assume they're lying. And, and I try to remind myself of that. Or at least trying to deceive you. Like, it's not like the unadulterated truth. It's like, it is, it, they might not be flat out lying, but they're trying to deceive you but with, with what they're saying. That's just, that they have to. They, they, they can't tell you the truth. I've said that for years. They can't. And yet, we all fall into it. Even someone like me. The, the One of the main, I've told this story before, one of the main reasons I did Sports Talk Radio Back 30 years ago, I wrote a column, all coaches are liars. And someone read that column and gave him a call and said, man, we want this crackpot on the air. And um, but 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 they are that you have to lie as a coach. It's just part of the gig. And so when 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 I think we misinterpret a lot of these things that are said, like, you know, I gotta have a, a good management. Well, I guess that's beauty in the eye of the beholder. I mean, the Texans front office is the laughing stock of the league. They've been the laughing stock of the league. And and yet he interviewed there. So how do those two things match up? Well, I like having good stable management. Is as when was the last time there was management that was more unstable than the Houston Texans? Seriously. I mean, if we were going to rank the front offices over the last two decades or the last decade, the, the Cardinals would be really close to the bottom and the Texans would probably be at the bottom. And that's two of the places he's interviewing. So what does all that mean? Like, I, there's something that's just, it doesn't all add up. Doesn't add up. And if you listen to the things that are said, again, it's hard to know what's accurate. But we've been talking about how the perfect marriage is the Chargers and Casper. 
And from Casper's point of view, I think it is the perfect marriage. But it takes two to tango, as they say. And there's since the loss on Saturday evening by the Chargers, a lot of people, have, multiple people have come out and said, look, this Charger outfit, they like bargain basement coaches. They don't they don't want to spend eight, ten, twelve million dollars a year on a head coach. So they're not they're not gonna in other words, what the Broncos are gonna offer him salary wise is is gonna dwarf what these people are saying or suggesting, what the charters are willing to offer him salary wise. So he's not gonna go there. They're not gonna even go that far. And plus, I don't think they're gonna get rid of they're saying even if Staley was fired. Don't expect Casper to be the coach because they're not going to pay him what he wants to get paid. Casper ain't coming back for four or five million a year. He can make that and talking. So it's um, a lot of things to consider. A lot of things we're hearing and scenarios and 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 trying to sort it all out. The most fearful thing of all, and then we got to get to a timeout here, but the most fearful thing of all of it is, you know who was number three on that list of where, of odds, where Lamar Jackson could go? The Atlanta Falcons. Oh. You know, we we talk about making T-shirts. We need to make a T-shirt. Just keep Lamar out of Atlanta. We cannot let this happen, but I'm really worried. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, shift gears a little bit. Talk to UL men's basketball coach. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Casper the Quitter. Casper the Quitter. Now, the former New Orleans Saints longtime head coach who quit on the team after a tough season. Also known as Sean Payton. Now back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. I think that song fits perfectly for our next guest, UL men's basketball coach Bob Marlin. A lot of people were... Uh, panicking about the darkness, and the sun has come after that 0-2 start. Coach Marlins, Cajuns have won four in a row. Congratulations, Coach, and welcome. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. Well, um, you know, we might as well start there. You know, obviously, y'all didn't want to go 0-2. Nobody ever wants to lose a game, and especially the way y'all lost the, the, the game in Coastal was very frustrating. And yet, it seems like your players did a, and coaching staff did a good job of just ignoring the noise, maybe even being motivated a little bit by the noise and just keeping your head down and, and let's get to the next game and win the next one and y'all have won four in a row now. Right, and I, I don't really know the definition of noise, Kevin. We don't we, – we do what we do. I, we, we don't worry about outsiders and what they think. We know our program. and You're talking about two losses start the road. I mean, I'm not going to make excuses. We we got beat, but we came back from Christmas. We had a, two days to practice and difficult travel, and we lose by one point on an official's call. 
and the other games by two possessions. So, you know, it's it's a long conference season. We talked about that yesterday. So we we just keep our head down and work and try because the way we finished the year, right? And uh, supposedly there was noise last year. Absolutely. All right. So you still got two more. We talked about it for weeks, it seems like, going into the conference season. You were going to have to play six of your first eight on the road and how challenging that was going to be after losing the first two. Now you've won two in a row and on the road and four in a row overall. And now you're going to Arkansas State. It's very curious. You made the comment yesterday, and so I kind of looked that y'all are due to play well there. I I looked it up, and the last nine games between these two teams, the home teams won every one. And I can remember there was a time even in football where the home team would win every time between these two. Like, how do you explain that the home teams being so dominant in this series? Well, I think they've they've beat us once in 13 years here, uh, but we have have struggled there, Kevin. They've got a first of all, they got a good basketball team. Usually, got good players, uh, and it's a tough crowd there. They're very vocal and and uh, really really are on the players, um, and we just haven't made the plays we needed to make. There were a couple of games we felt like we could have won. I think the last one we won up there. Years ago it was an overtime. Yes, sir. Maybe in, in nineteen or twenty. But uh, anyway, it's been it's been a challenge, and uh, we played the two back to back games in one year with COVID too. And we we had we were in great position to separate ourselves and win the league. And we went in there in the second half, got beat, and uh, then lost the next night. And it really put us in a tailspin. So obviously, the last two years they had kind of an undersized inside player who was extremely athletic. He was a player of the year in the conference, and he transferred to Miami, and they've replaced him. But uh, compare and contrast the skills of the of the kid who's come in from Egypt with, with Omir. Well, it's just different. Uh, you know, Omir, uh, I saw him on television last night beating Syracuse. Uh, and he's a super athlete. This young man's not quite the athlete, but he's still a good player, and he's still averaging a double-double, Kevin. He's not getting the 13 rebounds that Omir got, but he's getting uh, 10 a game. Right. And he's scoring 11 points a game. So he's been good for him uh, to, to this date. And they've got a couple other bigs inside, too, that uh, can, can cause us some problems just with their length. You've also made the comment a couple times recently, and I think it's something that fans and a lot of media members don't really get. It can be a challenge, and I think you kind of got you we you got that in Mobile on Saturday. To face a team that's not like some teams, you know, they're really injured or they just don't have a lot of talent or whatever, but if you face a team that has a little bit of talent and they've been losing and they're at home, I mean, you kind of have to like – you know, like they say, circle the wagons. And, and sometimes it can be tough to beat those teams because their backs are against the wall and, and they're having a, they're trying to make a stand and turn their season around. Yeah, it's a kind of a save-our-season game. We felt like it was that for South Alabama, to be honest, Kevin. And, uh, you know, back against the wall, you're exactly right. Uh, they'll come out and play angry, and we'll have to, to make sure that we can play good basketball. And if we do that, then – 
that, that's all that matters in the day. It doesn't matter if you're home or road. If you play good basketball, then you're probably going to win. All right, so it sounds like, and I don't know how many more hoops have to be jumped before it happens, but it sounds like Michael Thomas might be available on Thursday, or where, where does that stand? Yeah, I just uh, heard he may return this week, so uh, we'll know more after today and see where, where he is in his progress. But uh, it'd be good to have Mike back. You know, we lost him in the Coastal game. He played six minutes in conference play. That's all he's played. And he was instrumental in wins over East Tennessee on the road in the Asheville Championship and also at SMU. He played extremely well and closed out that game. So is it fair to say y'all were extra careful because of the nature of, of, of his situation and, and protocol or, 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 or not, you know, not really? You wouldn't necessarily say extra careful just to make sure kind of situation. Yeah, we're always careful and, and going to do the right thing uh, for the health and safety of our young men. And as you know, we've had several injuries over the years. Knee injuries, we've lost guys for years, and we always try to protect our players' health and safety. All right. The other thing that's going well that I was a little worried about, frankly, I don't think you were because y- y'all have always been a good rebounding team. But, you know, Jordan, uh, I wouldn't say rebounding is the best thing he does. And, and, and Terrence is not a, you know, physically a really imposing guy physically. And yet y'all y'all really not had many, many trouble rebounding. What, what have been some of the keys to to maintaining the, that rebound edge on most teams y'all play? Well, it's just something we put a daily emphasis on. And we'll work on it this afternoon. But we, we take pride in rebounding the basketball and getting extra opportunities um, Terrence and Jordan, Isaiah Richards, Joe Charles, those main four guys inside have done a good job rebounding the ball. And I think you'll see Kobe Julian getting in the mix a little bit and Greg Williams uh, picking his rebounds up as well. Uh, we're 23rd in the country in rebound margin, which is pretty impressive. So we're pleased with where we are in that area. Now, you mentioned yesterday that you um you've been able because of good health for the most part been able to put out the same starting lineup i i think sometimes starting lineups can be overrated and and it it, it, you know you know just because you start doesn't mean you're going to play more minutes than someone else necessarily based on foul trouble or injuries or whatever is that something you'll probably maintain because like for instance joe charles we've been talking about how well he's playing do do, do, as a coach or do you kind of believe well let's just stick with what we got going it's working and and keep everyone's roles kind of the same well we have a saying that different people drive the bus every game and terrence lewis drove the bus early for us he played great in Asheville. He was averaging double-double, one of the leading rebounders in the league, can really score the ball. Joe's a better defensive player than Terrence, but they have complemented each other well the entire season, Kevin. And our group doesn't care who starts. I feel like we've got eight or nine starters. You know, we got an all-conference guy, Kobe Julian, that's coming off the bench, Jalen Dalcourt. Mike Thomas started at the end of last year. So did Jalen. And Joe has started. So we feel like we've got nine guys that can start. Um, and the, the guys just want to win. That's that's the most important thing, and that's the reason our group's connected. All right. So we kind of have grown, even though their personnel has changed a little bit. We, we 
you know, Texas State is for a long time, even before the this coach has been a team that likes to play a lot of half court, keep the score down. So you kind of know what the challenge is going to be Saturday. What's going to be the key and what's the challenge you're going to face on Thursday in Jonesboro? Well, we've got to make sure we win the three-point game. That's something that we didn't do uh, the other night at South Alabama, and it, it's crazy. But if you look at the statistics, Coastal, Old Dominion, uh, Georgia State at home, uh, Southern Miss, and then the two two games, Monroe and South Alabama, all those teams have been at the bottom and not shot three-point shots well, but yet against us, they hit shots. And and they hit some contested shots, too. And uh, we've got to do a better job of that. But that's an area where teams can stay in any game, as we know, in the NCAA tournament. You can get hot shooting a three-point shot. and It can be a great equalizer. You know, they've, they've, I, I looked at their stats yesterday. Arkansas State's got a lot of familiar names. I mean, I know that, you know, they obviously are missing O'Meara. I mean, you don't, you're going to miss a player with that kind of ability. But they've got a lot of familiar names, so it's not like they're an unseasoned group. No, they're starting a freshman guard. And then Caleb Fields, who's an all-conference preseason pick that played last year alongside Marcus Eaton, who's not back. Desi Seals is not back. Uh, so they lost a couple of starters with their three-guard rotation and then O'Meara. Uh, but they do have good players. They can shoot the basketball. And as I said earlier, we're going to have to match their shooting. We, we've got a good shooting group, too. I think we're 10th in the country in three-point field goal percentage. So we, we've got a chance to continue to make shots and play inside out as a weapon that some teams don't have the luxury to have. Well, Coach, we appreciate your time as always. Look forward to uh, get more success on the road and then, then um, you know, we really can, can start getting exciting here. So we appreciate it. Congratulations and good luck on this road trip. Thanks, Kevin. Have a great right. day. UL men's basketball coach Bob Marlin. No, I, I, I got to tell you, I was a little worried early on about the rebounding just because, but they've done a great job of rebounding and they've, they've shot the ball. You know, we coming into the season, we said, or I said, my big two biggest concerns, will they be able to knock down enough three-point shots? The answer to that has been yes. And they've been way better than they've been in a while at it. It's tremendous. And they got to get better point guard play. And, and um, Themis has, has provided a lot of leadership, a lot of penetration, and hopefully Mike Thomas can come back and really help in that area and where Themis doesn't have to play too many minutes. And and they can kind of, you know, rotate them like they were, like the plan was all along. So that could be a crucial situation if they can get Mike Thomas back and he can come close to picking up where he left off. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on. The game, want to remind you, if you want to have fun like us here at Delta Media and you're looking for a career change and have any type of sales experience from retail to telemarketing, anything in between, Delta Media wants to hear from you. Email your resume to sales director Johnette Cochran at jcochran, J-C-O-C-H-R-A-N at deltamediacorp.com or give her a call at 337 896 1-6-0-0, All right, I have a question. What goes together better? Peanut butter and chocolate 
or peanut butter and jelly? Um, that's an interesting thought. I don't know that I've ever thought about that, but some nice person gave me a little um, <laughs> peanut butter and, 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 and chocolate. And I'm not the, you know, I'm not like some people love Reese's and all other candy doesn't even count. I'm not really in that category, although I like Reese's. Oh, man, but, but it made top. me think like what's better with peanut butter? I think jelly it, or chocolate. Well, I think the thing is that the bread kind of puts it together to make it better. It's where like it makes it form well. I don't know how I'm, this is a very weird wording, but I think it just depends if you have the bread. Like the bread, I'm not gonna have peanut butter. I'm, I only eat like Nutella and peanut butter. I won't eat that. How about but syrup? But I'll eat. No. Some people put syrup with peanut butter on bread. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. Not You've doing never it. done that. No, I'll put like sugar on it, or like now I'm just like this like monk fruit. Well, syrup and sugar are the same thing, you know. One of Elf's food groups. (laughs) But I don't know. I think the bread is why I like peanut butter and jelly together. But I don't think I do just peanut butter and jelly by itself. I couldn't eat with the spoon. I know somebody he eats peanut butter and the jelly and the bread separate. He don't even put them together. No, uh, uh, not doing it. (laughs) Nope. Of course, he's a lunatic. Probably is. Yeah, you'll meet him Thursday. No, I don't know. It's just a random thought. Every once in a while, I get these random thoughts. And so I just wanted to. So you're going with chocolate. That's your answer? Yeah, chocolate and peanut butter. All right. That's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers in the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Simulcasts on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337 706-0111. 706-0111. Um I'm sure a lot of people all over the country got a kick out of watching the Cowboys kicker miss four extra points. Um, I just don't get. And again, I'm not a kicker. So I know every time we say it, he say, well, why don't you go do it? Well, I'm fat and unathletic. It, it has nothing to do with whether I can kick or not. I'm not an NFL kicker, but to me, NFL kickers, unless the weather is bad, should be able to put the ball in the middle of the field and kick the ball straight. I I, I don't understand. And 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 my fantasy kicker was Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern. He played for the for the Bills, and he does the same thing. So obviously, for some people, it's easier to do it that way. Just put the ball in the middle and kick the ball straight, up and down, up and down. That's all it takes. I'm I'm sorry. I just don't think it's that difficult. It cannot be that difficult to put the ball in the middle and kick the ball straight. Now, I guess if you're kicking like a 50-something yarder, some people like it on the – if they're going to really have to crush the ball – they may be more likely to hook or push, and so you. Do, but but 
A 33-yard field goal, just put the ball in the middle and kick the ball straight. It just cannot be that difficult. I just, I just, I just do not, I, I do not believe it can be that difficult. Um, so what do you do if you're the Cowboys? I mean, can you can you go to Cheeto Stick? Well, it's not Cheeto Stick anymore, but can you go over there and and trust that guy's going to make a forty-two yard field goal with the game on the line if it's that close? I I don't know that. When, when the joy of crushing the Yucks ended, Mike McCarthy and and the special teams coach had to be going. You got to be kidding me! Now that's something else we got to worry about. Not that difficult. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Good morning. Good morning. Well, just to address what you were talking about, I, that's a no-brainer. That's never happened before in the history of the NFL. <laughs> There's no way you're taking that cat to California. There's just no way. I don't care how good he looks during the week. He's staying home. <laughs> There's no way. No possible. Well, and supposedly uh, they said last night they're not going to do it, but I, I got to believe they're going to at least have tryouts. The problem is with this tryout situation, how do you know you can trust the guy just because he looks good in a tryout? It doesn't matter. That's a guy I can't – I know for sure. If I got a doubt, if I bring in somebody and he's questionable, I'm going to take the questionable guy before the other guy that missed four because I don't have any faith in him to miss four extra points. Zero. So if I got somebody comes in and looks decent, he, I'm gonna give him a shot because he's questionable. The other guy is not questionable. He can't go to he can't go and play. I mean that's just my opinion. There's no way I take him. No, four extra points, not field goals. Four extra points in a non-pressure game. Yes. In good kicking condition. Yeah, no pressure. Oh, yeah. I mean no pressure. I mean even though there is pressure, that's automatic. Yeah. And to go over four in an automatic. Uh, never seen that, and I, and I promise you, I don't think you're ever going to see that again. I doubt it. Not four in a row. Not, not even the idiot Will Lutz did non- that. That's just, that's unbelievable. Um, but anyway, I, I need you to, I want to make a comment, and I need you to help me with something quickly. Uh, my first comment, I told you, if you play good defense and you can run the football, I said it a million times. If you can play good, solid defense and run the football, you're going to win in the NFL. And people laughed at me, and they told me I was crazy, and they said the Ravens can't win without Lamar Jackson. Well, I tell you what, they were a yard and a half away probably from winning that football game. Yes. You know, and then if they call on the, on the return, if they call the block in the back and they got it at the 40, they still might have won the football game. And, you know, it's because you got 150, 160 yards rushing and you're playing good defense that you were put in that situation to do it. And I will tell people until I'm blue in the face, you don't need to win in this league with great quarterbacks. And they can win without Lamar, but they have to keep the defense intact. They have to keep it. They can't lose anybody on the defensive end. And now, they can win. But do you and buy it, it, all the comments? Are you... I mean, it's hard not to read into these comments that we've heard that there's some sort of issue there. There is some issues. And, and you know, the problem I have is there's several people, and this is the question I'm, I want to pose to you because I don't, I don't agree with it. They're going to bat for Lamar, several of them are. And I think there are some that may not, but they're just being quiet. You know, of course, Sammy Watkins, but, you know, he's, he's just he's not going to be on the team anymore. 
So his, his opinion doesn't matter. But as far as the guys that's going to be back here, not everybody has made comments. There have been four or five comments that have been made, and they're all obviously pro-Lamar. Okay? But the thing I don't and I don't like and I don't agree with is you got people like Ronnie Stanley, okay, and Calais Campbell that are defending him and are saying, you know, it's not about the money. Come on, man. Are you completely stupid? How can you ask for a, 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 a 100% guaranteed contract if it's not about the money? Now, can you make me understand that? Can it be all about, I mean, 100% guaranteed, but yet not about the money? Can you make me well, understand? Well, I, I mean, I've, I think some people consider the respect with which you negotiate not completely about the money. But to you and me, that's completely about the money. But it, but but how you negotiate and the reasons why, why maybe the negotiations didn't go good could be more about respect than the money, even though to us it's about the money. Yeah, well, I think, you know, they were showing respect when they said, we want you and this is what we're willing to pay you, which was a, a really nice contract, which was going to put him in the top three quarterbacks in the league or top four. And, you know, he just turned it down, said, I'm a bet on myself, and this is what I want. So, obviously, being in, you know, making top three, four NFL quarterback money, that's pretty lucrative. So, but look, if you're not satisfied with that, then you're saying that's not enough money. Well, that look. That is respect. If right. They're going to put you in that category, that's respect. But, Kyle, do, do, do you believe this is true? If – if Deshaun Watson had signed with the Saints or the Falcons instead of that crazy thing that the Cleveland Browns did, he might already be signed. He would be. He would be signed. The Browns threw the whole NFL. Yeah, it's the Browns' fault. The outlook of the whole NFL. Yeah, yes. You know, it's stupid. You know, when you start doing that stupid stuff, you got these players that start looking at that, and you got mamas that are acting as agents that look at that, and you got these other sandbaggers that are looking at that and are feeling things in his head and say, hey, you're better than Deshaun. If they can do that with Deshaun, they can do it with you. No, a stupid organization did that with Deshaun. Yes. You know, that's who did that. That doesn't mean that everybody else is going to start guaranteeing money. And that's the problem we have. So, I mean, I think we're both on the same page. We, you know, then they're just trying to be good about the situation and saying that it's not about the money. But I'm still holding true to what I said. Lamar Jackson's played his last game as a Raider. Just don't let him you know, go to Atlanta. Just, just don't let him go to Atlanta. I'll, I'll try not. You know, I'll try not. But I, right now, I, to be honest, I, I, I hope he's gone because they can't keep that defense intact. You know, Patrick Queen's going to be up after next year. And, you know, you know, you just got the guy on the side of you making most in the history of the NFL, Roquan Smith, deserving so, but he's making 20. You think Patrick's going to play for 10 a year? I don't think so. And he's good. He's really good. And he's a big part of that defense. Can't, they can't sign him. They will not sign him if Lamar's on the team. That's fair. You know, and that's the issue I have. That no. defense is way more important than Lamar Jackson is to me. To me. I understand. Thank I you, sir. What happened. So, no, I, right, I, I, I get it. Thank day, you. Man. Man, I didn't realize Kyle and I thought quite so similarly. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. So almost we almost won. So that counts as a, a victory to him. But because just to prove his point, we almost won. So we, okay. I don't. Well, ninety-eight yard inter- fumble returns for touchdowns. There's a there's a certain element of flukiness there. I mean, I. Yeah, uh, I understand that. But who to say that would a 
healthy Lamar Jackson. We would say that they they even in that position. We don't, you know, you don't know. You know what I'm saying? We don't right, know. They're, yes. They're, they're even in that position. 17-17. Have you noticed? I don't know how much of the games you've been watching, Jay, but it's just mystifying to me. How difficult and how 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 to me simply simple and limited the play calls that I've seen from the Saints and not just the Saints, all these other teams when they get inside the five, it seems like their play calls are terrible. I guess they're so scared they don't want to fumble, man. You know, and then you he's had this new trend where it's like oh, we got to go for it. You know, we're, we're gonna take this. You know, now with the Cowboys that worked last night. Uh, when they went for it on the fourth, uh, I think, what, Dak ran one in, I think? Yeah, yeah. Well, he bootleg ran it in, but at least that's a play. I mean, and I understand running it right up the middle is a play, but, you know, that's just basing on, to me, that's not well, getting I, I, the I, I, first I, I, down I'm touchdown in the huddle. I'm sorry? No, that play, I, heard, I was listening to it on the radio. I didn't actually see that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I it was a, right. Sorry. But, Jay, again, I I, uh, I don't feel any better than I did last week about Lamar going to Atlanta. I hope he goes to the Jets. No, I, don't see, I don't think he's going there. I think uh, – I, I believe in, like, this regional thing, man. You know, he played college ball at Louisville. So, you look at the, uh, the cities around there or just that region. I just think Atlanta – you know, now let's say – I just say Atlanta. I don't see Carolina. I say Atlanta or, you know, the situation with Tua, we just don't know. What if say Miami doesn't get involved? How about Tennessee? No, Why not the Titans? They don't have a quarterback. Uh, hey, well, yeah. Matter, matter of fact, that would that would work. I can see that. In a sense, I can see that. Uh, a, uh, a dominant rushing game already with Henry. Uh, try to bring a tight end in, in there. Uh, but, man, this game, uh, this, hey, I want to see this Bengals and uh, Bill game. This is. I, would. Hey, every, I, I don't know what it is, man. Every time I see the Bengals and Bills play, I just, it brings me back to the 89 uh, ALC, well, the 88 season, but the game took place in 89, the uh, ALC championship game. Yes. Uh, when the Bengals beat the Bills, man. Because when I was a kid, man, those two teams, just, it just came out of nowhere, those two teams, you know. But anyway, um, you have a good one. I just, uh, I just, I understand what the call is saying, but, you know, almost, we almost won, you know. You know, I don't know. I, I just I understand. I, and I understand those situations. He just it's the whole salary cap. You know, we can't. We don't want to pay him. We, you know, we're taking away from this position or that. I understand that, but we'll see, man. We'll see how it plays out. You know, but I'm glad the uh, Buccaneers lost last night. Now we just need the Cowboys to beat the uh, Niners. You have a good one. All right, take care. Uh, look, they they're pl- at times they play great defense. Um, I think they're going to have to force turnovers. I, I just – I think they're going to have to force turnovers. Uh, I don't think there's any way the Cowboys can beat the Cheaters straight up on the road. Now, if they get to plus two or plus three, they can win. But I think it's going to take plus two or plus three for them to win. But if it happens – and I mean, it's happened before, no question. I mean, we just – we just saw a team go plus five and lose – I mean, the Chargers, like, what? That poor team, they just cannot get out of their own way.
They just cannot get out of their own way. But, I, I, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady. Somebody, I think the Jets are going to go out and overspin for a quarterback. They've got a great nucleus of young defensive talent. They've got a a dynamic, you know, well, was a rookie this year, second year running back, that if he can stay healthy, they're going to have a running game. They've got a complimentary piece at running back. They've got young receivers. Like, for, for at least a year or two, they can afford to spend a lot of money on a quarterback. And I, I, I got to believe the Jets are going to go out and get one of those quarterbacks. Maybe not that, but they're going to get a maybe not necessarily one of those three. But I, I got to believe they're going to be in the running for all three if they're on the market. Like, they, they probably feel like we're a quarterback away from being back in the postseason. And they've got a good young team with a lot of young talent, especially on the defensive side, with good young receivers and a good young running back. So they just need a quarterback. They had the number two overall pick. And it turns out, eh, turns out he might be worse than Bobby Scott. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Boy. Yes, sir. Deal with kickers these days in the NFL, man. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I'm so, I'm so, you know me, I'm so fed up with that situation. It's ridiculous. Ain't nobody more fed up than me. I mean, our kicker miss. How you miss four straight extra points? I mean, should we have backed him up to the to the fifty yard line and have him kick extra points from the six from the fifty yard line since he's good at sixty yard field goals? I mean, come on, dude. I mean, it, it don't make sense. Now. Can you tell me this? Because I want to. I want to ask this question. Can you tell me this? Has he been kicking him? Because I don't watch. I mean, I watch the Cowboys here and there. But uh, has he been kicking him from the left hash all season, or is that a new thing? That's, he's been kicking pretty pretty well uh, all season long. It was just last night. I don't know if it's a mental thing or. But I mean, and I mean, not not barely missing. Uh, he was he was missing them pretty badly, especially the fourth one, man. I mean, it was like he didn't care. I mean, and, and of course it's going to frustrate the other teammates. I mean, that what was frustrating me is Dak is finally playing like that should play. You know? Well, and, it's one and game. He, 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 we got this joker can't even put it between the uprights, you know? I mean, if we would have lost by four or three points, I, I'd have been living. I'd have been living. Now, I will say this. I think if if – Kellen Moore, like he call, if he calls a game like he did last night, I mean, they use Dak in the right way, you know. He, he can be very dangerous, you know. Let the man scramble. He, he Don't always call plays where he's dropping back in the pocket. He can scramble, throw it on the run and all that, you know. And one of the biggest reasons why we won last night, and I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face, is because we didn't shoot ourselves in the foot with penalties. I'm a, and I'm going to say it like this. We need to let the 49ers create their own penalties and create their own negative plays if we're going to beat the 49ers next week. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying this victory until tomorrow, and then Thursday, Friday, I'm going to start stressing again, you know. 
I understand. But, uh, That's fair. You know, but I think if we played a, a, a good game, I think we have a good shot at beating the 49ers, man. I, I really do. We're going to put the, the Purdy talk to rest, hopefully, and uh, hopefully we can make it to the NFC Championship money. But I'm enjoying this victory, and uh, we'll start stressing on Thursday and Friday. De- have a de- good one. Definitely enjoy it. Thanks for the call. No, if there if there's somebody out there who's a serious Cowboy fan and watches all the games, uh, I'd like to know, has he been kicking on the on the left hash on his extra points all year, or is that or has he done is that more of a recent development? I I, I don't. To me, you're just asking to push it to the right when you put, but but I'm not a kicker. Why don't you just put the ball in the middle and kick it straight? It just can't be that difficult. How about this? Um, you know me. I, I'm not into all this. Um, I'm one of the few entertainment purposes only guys. I'm told that the betting total last night was 45 and a half. The final score was 31 to 14, which is 45. And this cat missed four extra points. I mean, uh, it just kind of, you know, when, when you bring the gambling side of it into it, it just kind of makes you go, hmm, sometimes. But, um, wow, I, I had no idea what the over and under was for the, but, but supposedly the betting line was for that. <laughs> Can you imagine? Speaking of that, did you hear there was some cat that put like a million and a half down at halftime or whenever? part of the second quarter when the Chargers were up 27 nothing, He put a million and a half down on the Chargers winning, which could net him like 11,000 because it wasn't, you know, it was seemed like it was a, you know, I don't know why you would do that, but I guess he just thought it was an easy way to make $11,000. But he put a million and a half down and he lost. They blew a 27 nothing lead. Wow. I mean, you thinking right there, that's a sure shot. That that's the one thing about the whole gambling world that I don't I, my little simple mind can't comprehend is to I always had it in my mind that once the game starts the gambling is over but now you're gambling during the game after it already starts I I, I don't I I don't I don't t- totally grasp that but wow that was a wow situation for sure all right let's do this we will take a time out come back discuss more of these you know just fascinating storylines going on with the nfl as we're in the playoffs and a lot of them doesn't even have anything to do with teams being in the playoffs but we'll do that when we come back on the game southwest louisiana sports station and your home for the lsu tigers and world series champion houston astros why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foote. Want to remind you to game to join the Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. You could win such 
prizes as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort, a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville, or a $40 gift certificate to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, or how about a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. Any of those or any other gifts that we might come up from time to time seasonally, like maybe Valentine's Day coming up, uh, you can't win if you don't join. So go to 1037thegame.com or go to 1041thegame.com today. All right. By the way, every once in a while, I feel the need to explain some of these. Um, the I don't know what they're called. I'm, I've am i been doing radio for years, but I don't know all the technical definition. What, what is it, the little thing about me not liking basketball, supposedly? or I can't Those are called it. rejoins. Okay. And when you have certain words, you talk about like Tom Brady being puzzle crews. That's your footlish dictionary. Right. So the rejoins, um, I, I don't ever feel like you can't talk basketball. I have zero problem talking basketball. What that rejoin is referring to is, as a fan, I'm talking about as a live and die, think about while I'm brushing my teeth, think about it when I turn over in, the, in, in bed at 2.30 in the morning, like I do the Saints and the Astros all the time. I can't live and die as a fan on basketball like I did in the 70s and 80s and a little bit into the night. There was a, I, just ha- I just can't do it. Now, doesn't mean I don't like basketball because I do. Does it mean I don't want to talk about basketball? Because I do. And don't ever hesitate calling about basketball. I just can't be a live and die, just a uh, fan like I am for the Saints. And I just can't. I just, it's just too subjective for me. Anyway, just wanted to explain that. In case somebody, oh, I wasn't called about basketball. He doesn't like it. Not true. I especially like talking about how much I hate. You know, Lonnie Shelton and Jack Sigma, that's kind of, that's really fun basketball talk. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. How, howdy, uh, sir. I don't know if you heard, but the Chargers fired Joe Lombardi. And uh, the Bucks fired Pyron left, which, I mean, one day after. Right? Okay. Quick. Now, what, where do, what, what, what's taking us so long? I don't know. Uh, I think the thought process, a lot of people, has been that Pete Carmichael is going to go wherever Casper goes. Uh, but I don't know why that means the Saints have to wait. I, 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 right. don't, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, there was some talk yesterday that Byron Leftwich is going to go to the Steelers. Um, maybe so. Uh, we we talked about it on the show yesterday that Lombardi would probably have to go. A lot of people were very critical of him in that even though they have all this talent, they were way too conservative. Uh, could be. And so we'll see. I don't know. It's just it's, – what is – I don't understand what's taking so long, you know, besides them <laughs> holding on to wait. Like, there's no reason to hold on to wait, you know, until Sean Payton finds a home. And wouldn't be something – if you went to the Panthers, what would you think about that? Oh, I would be furious. I would be furious. I'm all, and you know. he, he, he's already said that he has no problem going there, you know. I mean, like, come on now. Uh, if he does that, I'll be furious. Now, I want to get back to the other thing you talked about, Carmichael. I, I, I uh, you know, get very frustrated with, you know, not doing this and not doing that, and, and they've got to, you know, They've got to fix the red zone, and I gave my suggestions, and they don't care what I think, and we've gone down that road all season long. But 
I also know that the head coach, while he does not call plays, can impact um, what an offensive coordinator does. Now, I understand the NFL is different now, but let's go back to the Jim Moore days. Everyone hated Carl Smith, but Carl Smith philosophy, Jim Moore very much impacted that. And so I, 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 I think it's going to be more than just getting rid of an offensive coordinator. Dennis Allen has to give that offensive coordinator some liberties that I don't know that he gave. I mean, I think he's trying to win with defense. And, well, it'd be nice if they had a running back to run the ball to go along with that defense. I'm just worried about that is what I'm saying. So you think think Dennis Allen is the one that's saying run Alvin Kamara right up the middle? Oh, I think. How many times it was like first and goal at the nine, and the first thing we did was run Alvin Kamara up the middle. It reminded me of like. Uh, well, I uh, think that's more Dennis. Stuff, I think that's more Dennis Allen than Carmichael because Carmichael doesn't have anything to do with the with the personnel decisions. I don't. I don't believe they're asking Pete Carmichael should we have kept Latavius Murray. I don't believe that. So I, I think that's more Dennis Allen has more input on who's playing running back for the Saints than Pete Carmichael does. Yeah, I guess like he does uh, personnel or whatever Collins. Yeah. I guess he does have more say on that, but I don't know, man. I'm just tired of seeing Alvin Kamara run up the middle. It just, I don't know. It's it's sickening. They even did that in the Raiders game, and it worked. But, like, it was the same thing they did all season. I don't know. It's frustrating. Oh, I mean, okay. look, I, I, I preach for you. You remember when he was a young, first or second year and McCaffrey was a first, second year, and I said – they keep using him. The Arnolds keep using him like that. It, 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 he's, it's going to wear him out. He's not going to last. And he was injured the whole time he was there. I never wanted the Saints to go down that road. And here we are doing the same thing. It's just so. And finally, like the 49ers are using him right. You know, the, the, he actually has a committee. You know, uh, it's, it's gross. Anyways, so Tom Brady, what do you give a chance of him going to the Titans? No, like he's got his buddies. I'm pretty sure he's buddies with Mike Vrabel, right? And well, like, I didn't think about that part of it. Um, I would have said no. I mean, you know, the Vrabel angle is something I don't know that I considered. But man, I I don't know. I well, you, you always talk about uh, pleasure cruising, right, and stuff, right? Why would he go to the AFC West to play with Patrick Mahomes and um, Herbert, right? When he can go to the AFC South, it's kind of similar to him going to Tampa. What about the Jets? What about who? The Jets. Yeah, I can see that too because they have uh, young talent. But I mean, like, how easy is it to hand off the ball to Derrick Henry? (laughs) You know, I don't know. It it can't get much easier than that. Anyways, yeah, I can see the Jets too because they got two, especially that uh, Garrett Wilson guy, dudes, like a button store. I think Lamar Jackson going to the Titans makes total sense. I just don't know if the Titans would make that kind of financial commitment. I, I don't know if they are willing to do that. But from an X's and O's standpoint, it seemed like it would work perfectly for them. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Well, I appreciate Thanks. it. I, you know, I said it, I don't know, a month ago, six weeks ago, that this NFL offseason quarterback won't be anything like last season. I might have spoke prematurely. It's, it's if Lamar Jackson really goes elsewhere, I don't know anything would be as crazy as the Deshaun Watson s- situation and saga. But 
if Tom Brady ends up going somewhere, and, you know, Derek Carr is not at that level, especially historically, but still he's a above-average quarterback going somewhere. And then if Lamar Jackson ends up going somewhere, you're talking about multiple MVP quarterbacks relocating. It might not be a, it might not be just a stone's throw away from the craziness of last year's quarterback carousel offseason. Uh, and who knows? It might get even more. I I I I just would be shocked if Brady did all this and then left now. Um that 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 would be surprising to me. And I I the whole Like let's say Lamar Jackson ends up staying with the Ravens. I don't think a lot of us are thinking that's about to happen based on what we've seen and heard. But let's say he does. If that happens, I I, I really will be really tired of the whole cryptic tweet, taking all my stuff, you know, all my references to that off my Twitter or whatever, TikTok or whatever. I... That's getting old. Like, I don't want him to leave because I don't want him to go to the Falcons. But in terms of this discussion, it's like, don't be throwing out cryptic tweets like that if you really plan on staying. I, I'm a little tired of that trend that's going on in in, in sports. Um, someone just texted me, Lamar to the Raiders. I hadn't really thought about that. I don't think so. I don't think so, but I, I I don't think you maximize Devontae Adams by by bringing Lamar in there. I that that I don't. I think he, I, unfortunately I think he makes a lot more sense for the Falcons and the. Now did Josh McDaniels because Belichick has always spoke really highly about Lamar. Always kind of been fascinated with that. I wonder if if Josh McDaniels was shared in that or was that more of a Belichick thing and not so much a Josh McDaniels thing? Look, Jets, Raiders, Dolphins, Titans, any of that. Just don't have him go to the Arnolds and don't have him going to the Falcons. I don't want any part of that, like none. Like I still have Mike Vick flashbacks trying to tackle that cat sometimes. Every once in a while, I'll get, oh, I hate it. Oh, I just shudder. Just shudder. I don't want any part of it. We just cannot let that happen. The Saints have enough obstacles right now trying to figure out what they're going to do, you know, in, in certain areas. And are they going to get a new coordinator? Are they going to better get a defensive lineman? How much are they going to get for Casper if he ends up signing somewhere as a head? New head uh, all of that. I don't need to. No. I want no part of Lamar Jackson being in the NFC South. Please do not let that happen. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Are you fluent in footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. 
Welcome back. Oh, it's a long, it is going to be a long way there till the Saints play again, until I have to hopefully be stressed over what's going on on a, during a game. Now, I'll be stressed on some non-game situations, but looking at a hammock season for the Astros and the Saints don't play till September, I need the break and I will try to relish it. All right. I want to remind you that if you have an Amazon Alexa or a Google Home, do the smart thing. Add radio listening to that, to what makes your life easier by having those devices. Just tell your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. So do the smart thing. Have the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, with you home office wherever you go. All right. I try to keep us historically accurate and relevant. So I understand everyone's talking about the field goals that were missed last night by the Cowboys kicker. In the history of the NFL, and again, is it awful what he did? Yes, no question. I that would, you know, I'm surprised Will Lutz didn't do it this year, as bad as he was. But let's let's put the in the history of the NFL through a filter here. Understand that for 90-something percent of the history of the NFL, extra points were a 20-yard field goal. If extra points were a 33-yard field goal for the history, you know, since the 50s or the 40s, or say just say the 50s, if all the, you know, all through those decades, extra points were a 33-yard field goal, this would have happened many times, many times. Kicking was not, even when I was young, kicking was not the exact science that are close to the exact science that it's become. Like, it, you know, it's kind of like, it's not exactly like quarterback play, but it's kind of like quarterback play. Like, if you look at all of the best kickers, in NFL history, they're all in like the last 15 years or so. And there's no way that all these guys are more talented than the Jan Stinnerudes. It's just kicking has evolved and it's gotten a lot easier. One, the field conditions are much better. The coaching of it is much better. There's a lot more, you know, soccer in the country and, and, and all that. And so there are more guys who are more talented kickers, you know, when I was little, they still had the, the 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 old you know defensive lineman kicking field goals. You know Pat Summerall was a field goal kicker. They had the you know the Arrow Mans and the, you know they were kicking his head on. Them cats weren't putting the ball on the left hash. But so again, I'm not saying I'm not saying that to give the guy a break because what he did was terrible. That should never happen. But just I'm just saying, put a put a little understand, put it through a filter when you say, well, that's never happened in the history of the NFL. Well, that's only because field goal kick, 33-yard field goals have only been an extra point for a handful of years now. If back in the 60s and 70s, extra points were 33-yard field goals, this would have happened a lot. Because the field goal percentage, you didn't make field goals back then like you do at the percentage you make now. It was a lot more understandable to miss a field goal back then. So just trying to be the historic police here. 
All right. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. If you have any more thoughts on that, I, I still would like, if anybody's a Cowboy fan, if they could text us or call us or whatever, I'd like to know if, if he was kicking on that left hash mark all season or not. Because I, I, I'm just, I mean, obviously, if he, if he, there's a reason why he does it. Again, the cat from Buffalo does it. But I, I don't know. To me, you put it in the middle, you kick the ball straight. It cannot be that difficult. It just it should not be that difficult. So we got some good game. We, we still got, you know, it's, it's kind of a Monday because there was a game last night. And while I praise the NFL, and I understand they can't totally foresee this because they don't know who's going to win and lose. But I was praising the NFL yesterday for getting it right, but here we go. The Cheaters played the first game Saturday. They knew that the Cheaters were going to play the winner of the Cowboys and the Yucks. So you got the team that played the early game on Saturday playing the winner of the team that had to play Monday night. That should not be. That's called cheating. <laughs> that's what that's called. Cheating. You 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 had an eye you you could have fixed it different, but instead of making it fair, you made it unfair. Now look, I'm not going to cry for the Cowboys. I'm not going to cry for the Cowboys at all. I'm just saying fair is fair, cheating is cheating. That's called cheating is what that's called. You're give you're voluntarily giving an unfair advantage to one team over the other in a scenario where you could have done it differently. That's called cheating. Uh, and, and I do think the cheaters have, you know, I'm not saying they can't lose, but do, do they have an advantage over the Cowboys who played on the road and now have to travel to the Flake Coast with, like, basically two days fewer to prepare than the cheaters do who were playing at home? Of course. I wonder if coaches, like, I wonder if, the, if they take a hunch. They're like, well, we don't really know who's going to win, but we think the Cowboys are going to win and prepare more for the Cowboys than they did the Yucks. I bet you that happens. I mean, you can't sell out, I wouldn't think, for one team because, again, it's not John Curtis versus Mahmoud. But you, you, I, I, I bet you a lot, especially someone like Shanahan, I bet you they've prepared more for the Cowboys in these two extra days that they had than they did the Yucks. Just a hunch. Because they recently played the Yucks. They know they have issues. They had issues. Um, of course, they probably also saw the tape of the Cowboys. <laughs> Said, well, they might have a few more issues than we thought, but it didn't work out that way for sure. So, I, uh, I again... Here we go. And it, the NFL, they just, they just, they don't care about fairness. That's my point. They and they haven't cared for a long, long time. It's not on their agenda. And if it's not something you're trying to do, it's not going to happen organically. It's just not going to.
All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, finish out today's show. Next on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. So there's been a lot of debate on the air and off the air, on Facebook, on different platforms, or just, you know, between friends and family around the house over the last 24 or 48 hours about who about Saints fans do you pull for the did you pull for the yucks? And you know, some people thought that was you couldn't possibly do that. Other people, Saints fans, there's no way I could ever pull for the Cowboys. So uh, and, and and there are Saints fans who pulled for the Yucks last night, and there are Saints fans who pulled for the Cowboys last night. Of course, I, I put quote, quotations around pull for. I mean, you know, you, you know, you can pull for either one, but but you kind of hope one wins over the other. But so it made me think. So from here on out, what if you're a Saints fan on the Saint fan petty meter? Petty sports rivalry hatred meter. Who should you be pull? What Super Bowl matchup should you be pulling for from here on out? Um, and I, I think it's got to be Giants Bills. Like on the if you're a you know on the Saints fan, petty sports hatred meter or gauge, I think it's a no-brainer. I think you got to pull for the Giants and the Bills in the Super Bowl. doesn't mean it's going to happen. We're talking about who you would kind of hope that it wins. I mean, everybody, I guess guess you could argue that the Chiefs have never really done anything to the Saints unless you say trading up to get – to get – to draft Mahomes when supposedly Casper, I mean, uh, um, Casper was gonna was gonna pick Mahomes, but really the Chiefs have never really done a whole lot to the Saints. So I guess you could argue the Chiefs, but if you're a Saints fan, you have to be a little bit of an underdog at heart. So I I I, I think you'd have to give the Bills the the um, the favorite. So I, I think Bills Giants. Of course, there'll be plenty doing elsewhere. I appreciate all the phone calls. Y'all have a nice day.